Well, it's good to be in God's house again today. And we are excited about next Sunday. Our pastor will be back. And I know that you've been praying for him on a daily basis. But just because he returns, he still needs our prayers. And every time that his, his name comes to your mind, just breathe a prayer for our pastor. He also told me he, I could let you know that he's starting back to work this week. He didn't say what day, but we know he'll start next Sunday. But sometime in between, he's already at work or will be at work. And so, again, let's lift him up in, in our prayers that God will strengthen him, renew him, and refresh him as he comes back to be our shepherd. This morning, our scriptural lesson is found over in the book of Philippians, chapter 4. And I'm using verse 13 for the thought I would like to share with you this morning. But before I read my text, I, I want to share a couple other translations from this passage of scripture. It reads like this. I can do everything you ask me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. That's from the Living Bible. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength within me. I have become self-sufficient through Christ's sufficiency. That's the amplified version. Christ gives me the strength to do anything. That's the contemporary translation. And then the word from the King James, the real Bible this morning. I can do all things through Christ. Every one of these different translations are relating to the very same thing. That God gives us strength. He endudes us with his power. That whatever comes across our pathway, that he empowers us with that strength whereby he says we can do all things through Christ. Seven words that will change your life. Found in the words of my text. I read the story about a Texas billionaire. He had a beautiful 22-year-old Baywatch daughter. And he was fond of having parties around his deep, beautiful swimming pool. And in that pool, he kept a 12-foot white shark. And he was looking for a husband for his beautiful daughter. And so he would have parties on different occasions where he invite all the single eligible bachelors to come and share in that party. And there would be a time during that party that they would all be standing around the swimming pool. And he would give out the declaration, said, if any one of you men will jump into this pool and swim to the other side, I will give you my beautiful daughter in marriage. Or if you don't want my daughter in marriage, I will, I will share half of my possessions with you. Pretty exciting. Quite a challenge. A beautiful daughter for a wife, half of his possessions. 
And so one evening they were standing around the swimming pool and he had just given that declaration. And about the time he came to the finish, he heard a splash. Somebody was in the pool and they looked and there was a strong hulk of a man. He was swimming just as fast as he could go across that pool. And just as he reached the other side and climbed on the deck, the shark was right behind him. Everyone began to cheer. They were happy. Tears began to stream down the eyes of that millionaire. He thought, surely, I found a young man to be my son-in-law. And so he gave the declaration, my beautiful daughter is yours. She can become your wife. He looked at the millionaire farmer, a rancher, and said, I don't want your daughter in marriage. He was somewhat surprised. He wasn't expecting that kind of an answer. He said, if you don't want my daughter, then half of what I have is yours. I will share with you. The man looked at the millionaire and said, I don't want your daughter, and I don't want anything that you have. He said, I just want to know the name of the guy who pushed me in the pool. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's what God meant when he said, I can do all things through Christ. But you know, there are times in our life that we know that God is wanting us to do something, and sometimes he just has to give us a little nudge to get us to move. And then other times, I've had him to give me a shove to help me to realize that that's what God wants me to do. You know, I have never ceased to be amazed at the unbelievable things that a magician can do. It fascinates me. I know it's illusion, but when they can have an airplane disappear, or they can pull a rabbit out of a hat, and so many other things that they can do, I, 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 I'm just intrigued. Have you ever wished that there were some kind of a magic word that you could say that would help us to overcome the obstacles and the difficulties and the circumstances in our life. And I believe this morning that there is. It's found in the words of the Apostle Paul and he's sharing them with us today. This same man who was called Saul of Tarsus, he killed Christians and now he is standing and declaring to the people, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul had a lot of confidence in those words. Think about what he said. I can do what? All things. Not some things, not a few things, but he said I can do all things through the strength that God gives to me. There's a poem that goes something like this. If you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but you think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you've lost. It's all in the state of mind. 
I don't believe it's all in the state of mind this morning, uh, but I do believe uh, there's some truth in that. Because we realize today that there's a viral attitude running around in the Christian body of believers today that's contagious. It's a contagious virus. I think it's even worse than the flu. And that virus is, I can't. I can't. It's an attitude of doubt. It's an attitude of unbelief that flows from a lack of true faith and belief in God. We're living in a world that is filled with Christians who have been inoculated with the I can't do virus. And they're living in that negative mode all of the time. Well, I don't know if we ought to do that. I don't know whether we have the money or the finances. I don't know whether we have enough people that we can pull that off. How many times have you heard someone say, can't, can't, I can't. You know this morning that can't never did anything and will never do anything for God. Because if you think you can do something, you will. But if you think you can't, you won't even try. And the devil would like for us to believe this morning that as a body of believers, that we are anemic, that we are weak, and that we are incapable of doing anything great for God. He wants you to believe this morning that our God is a small God. Our God is not the all-sufficient God. In the closing, we're going to sing that chorus, What a Mighty God We Serve. We serve this morning a mighty God. Good news is the Apostle Paul is speaking to the believers in Philippi. I don't think he was only speaking to them, but he's also speaking to you and me this morning. He's encouraging us to believe that in spite of what what we're going through or what they were going through that through Christ we can do all things he, he wants us to think positively he wants us to believe that we can have that I can attitude uh, instead of being infected with I can't attitude if you ever if you will weave I believe these seven powerful words into your into the very fabric of your life I believe they will revolutionize you and me. I think they will change your life when we can believe from the depths of our heart that I can do all things through Christ. Or I can do everything you ask me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. God wants us this morning as a body of believers to have that kind of attitude. And no matter what we are facing, we will have faith to believe that all things are possible with God who strengthens us. I want to look at a few things this morning. I want to look at the person of faith. The person of faith says, I can do. You know, when our boys were small, one of their favorite stories was about the little engine that could. You know the gist of the story. The little engine that could. The long 
the, the, the big engines. They looked at that long uh, uh, string of cars that needed to be pulled over the mountain. And they said, we can't. We can't pull that load. We're not strong enough. We're not big enough. You know how they turned to the little engine. The little engine said, I, I think I can. And he hooked up to that long uh, row of boxcars and began to make its way up the mountain, huffing and puffing. I think I can. I think I can. As they neared the top, uh, the, the, the larger engine, they were laughing, they were mocking, they were making fun of that little engine that said, I think I can, I think I can. As they got closer to the top, begin to slow down, but still, I think I can, I think I can. As he got to the top and, and, and began to go over the, the, the top of that mountain and started down to the other side, uh, that little engine began to say, uh, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. You know, that's the motto I think that we need to have in our own life this morning. There's two philosophies that, we'll, that we will adopt along this journey. First of all, we will look at life. And just like the larger and the more powerful engines in the story, we'll begin to make excuses. And the, in the back of our minds, we'll begin to say, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. And so it doesn't matter the opportunities that may come our way. We still believe, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. And so we don't even try. This type of attitude will keep us from taking risk and holds us back from stepping out in faith to attempt anything for our God. And then we will stand back and sort of make fun of those individuals that try to do something that's a little different. And so we seldom accomplish more than we think we can. And I like what John Maxwell said, without dreams, we will never reach beyond our current circumstances. Henry Ford once said, success begins with I can, and failure begins with I can't. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want ever to allow myself to reach that attitude where I think I can't, that I don't even try. The second we can look at life and say, I think I can, I think I can. It's not about what I cannot do, it's about what God can do through me. The strength that he empowers me to do, God still uses and works through willing individuals. If we're not willing, God doesn't have a chance to work through us. If we think we can't, we don't allow God to use us. But if we say, I think I can, then God empowers us with his strength and the ability to accomplish something for God. I like what the Apostle Paul said, for when I am weak, 
when I don't think I can, when I'm not sufficient. He said, then I am strong. God's strength this morning is seen in our weakness. When we realize that we are weak, when we realize that we can't do it in ourselves, and that our ultimate strength is found in God and God alone, then he begins to clear the path and he helps us and endues us with that power from on high and begins to work in us and through us to accomplish his will, his way, and his purpose in our life. I believe it was the psalmist David that said, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my redeemer. Never forget this morning that God is the ultimate source of our strength. And apart from God, we're weak. Apart from God, we can do absolutely nothing. But when we get hooked up to the ultimate source of power, then we can be able to do things according to his will and to his purpose. And I'm confident this morning that most of us are journeying through this life, this very moment, with the attitude of, I don't think I can, or the attitude of, I think I can. Things will change in our life only when we are willing to let go and let God use us and work through us for his honor and for his glory. Secondly, the potential of faith. I can do what? A few things? Certain things? No, he said, I can do all things. That little word all is inclusive. It means there's no limitations. There's no boundaries. There's no barriers. I can do all things through Christ. I read the story about the little boy. He was set down underneath the tree by the side of the road when a Cracker Jack salesman drove by. He saw this little straggly boy with a little puppy by his side. It scrawled out a sign that read like this. Puppy for sale, puppy cheap. Salesman knew that the look on the little boy's face told him that he'd not have much success. He's not selling that little puppy. So being the Cracker Jack salesman that he was, he said, I'm just going to stop by, take a few minutes of my time, and I'm just going to tell this little boy how he can sell that puppy. So he walked up to the little boy and the little boy said, well, you know, my dad said that if I sold this last puppy that I could have all the money. And so I'm out here trying to sell my puppy, but I don't have any buyers. No one's interested. And so the salesman said to the little boy, he said, you need to think positive. You have to believe that you have the best product in the world. You have to make your product look good. You have to make people believe that you have the best puppy in the world. He said, uh, as the little boy listened intently, he said, uh, you need to go in and take care. And so uh, when, the, when the salesman left, uh, the little boy said, well, that's pretty good advice. So he took the little puppy inside, he put him in the bathtub and put soap on him and scrubbed him down real good and put a little perfume on him and put a bowl around his neck. He went in and 
put the best clothes that he had and went back out and sat by the side of the road and made a new sign. It read like this, world's greatest dog for sale, $10,000. Well, Selma said, well, what have I done? I misled him. He didn't have time to straighten the little boy out, so he got in his car and went on down the road to his next appointment and almost forgot about what the little boy was doing by the side of the road. But he, as he passed the house, he noticed the little boy wasn't there. He was gone. The puppy was no longer there. And that sign was still there. $10,000 for my puppy. But across the $10,000, had, he had written the words, sold, S-O-L-D. That salesman couldn't believe his eyes. He said, I'm going to have to stop and talk to that little boy, find out how he sold that puppy for $10,000. And so he walked up to the door, and he asked for the little boy, and he came to the door. That little boy had a big smile. I mean, from cheek to cheek, he was so happy. Salesman looked at him and said, son, tell me, you didn't really sell that, that scrawny little puppy for $10,000, did you? I sure did. I sure did. And then he hesitated just for a few moments and said, well, I sort of. He said, I traded him for two $5,000 cats. Have you ever heard when there's, when there's a will, there's a way? He found the way because he had the will. God uses people to accomplish his will in this world. And it's amazing what God can do through us if we allow him to use us. You know, Moses didn't know that no one could cross the Red Sea. He didn't know it was uncrossable. David didn't realize that the giant was too big for him to bring down. Caleb didn't know that the promised land couldn't be conquered. Joshua didn't realize that Jericho's walls were too strong to be brought down. Elijah didn't know that his enemies were too many. Peter didn't know that he couldn't walk on water. God has never accomplished anything through people who looked at the difficulties and said, I can't. But he has moved mountains. He's divided waters. He's brought down walls. He's toppled kingdoms. He's turned the world upside down with ordinary people who allowed God to use them, who had the attitude, I can I can, not that I might, not that I should, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God gives us that ability to do everything that God wants us to accomplish. And without him this morning, we're incapable of doing anything for eternity. Thirdly, the power of faith. I can do all things through my own strength. I can do all things through my own ability. 
No, he said, I can do all things how? Through Christ. Through him. Mighty big promise. But Paul penned these words from personal experience. I believe that Paul knew what he was talking about. He knew that his Christ was the Lord of all circumstances, not just for the good ones. Listen to the context of the, of the, of the text this morning. He said, I've learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he adds, I can do all things through Christ. I don't believe this verse this morning is about positive the power of positive thinking. This is not about pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. It's not about a promise that you can do anything if you dream big dreams and reach for the stars. Too many people believe that this passage of scripture is like a parachute. When you're starting to jump off of the cliff of a, of a high cliff and you're presuming uh, what God can do. When they believe that God is obligated to, to pull them out of their mess, no matter how foolish it may have been. The Old Testament prophet said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I want you to know this morning, uh, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's all about him our Lord and Savior. There's no guarantee of personal or spiritual success. If we get ahead in the world in a hundred years, it won't matter. Because Jesus said, what does a prophet of man if he should gain the whole world, but lose his own soul? The only thing that's going to matter as far as eternity is what we have allowed Christ to do through you and me, the power that he in, 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 imparts to us. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Once you've decided that you can do something, then you can embark. Does that mean there won't be obstacles, hindrances? No, because the forces of the evil are at work. Trying to stop you from achieving your dreams. The devil doesn't want you to succeed at anything. The devil doesn't want Dallas First Church to succeed. He doesn't want you to succeed. And so he'll throw everything at you to distract you until you're willing to just throw up your hands and give up and throw in the tower of surrender. I know you've, I know you've heard the story, but I think it bears repeating to what I'm trying to, to speak about this morning. The old farmer had a mule, blind, almost blind, so old that he could hardly move. But one day he fell into a deep hole there in the farm. The farmer thought about ways he could pull that old mule out, but then he thought about his age. Couldn't see, almost blind. Wasn't good for anything other than just eat my hay and eat my grass. And so he decided that he would call all the farmers in 
and bring their shovel. And they would just pour dirt on that old mule and bury him alive. And so the farmers got around that, that hole and they looked in and there that mule was, almost blind, hardly no strength. And they began to shovel scoops of dirt. As that dirt would fall on the back of that old mule, every time a parcel of dirt fell, the matter he got. And that old mule began to stomp up and down. The more they poured, the harder he stomped. You know the story. They poured in so much dirt, and he kept stomping so much until the dirt got as high as the edge of that hole and that old mule just climbed out to the other side and he was safe back in the pasture again. Seth Rees, one of the old timers, used to say, when the devil starts throwing rocks at you, don't allow them to be stumbling stones, but use them as uh, stepping blocks to reach to the gates of heaven. And when the devil has thrown so many stones at you and you use them as stepping stones, one day they'll take you into the city, into the gates of the new Jerusalem. We can use our stones as stepping stones or stumbling blocks. In Romans chapter 8, 28, we read, And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Does that mean that everything good is going to come our way? No, it doesn't. There's going to be things that we don't understand and things we can't comprehend. I wonder this morning, how many of you that own a home have ever had it bulldozed to the ground where only the foundation remained without your permission? How many of you have, have owned a home that it was bulldozed down on the very foundation with your permission? We have. We built a new home in 1981 in, in Louisiana for a retirement home. Lived in it two years and moved to Dallas. Linda was living, we were enjoying that new home, beautiful new home, not, well, not big, but it was nice. Nicest home we ever lived in, two years. We felt led that God was calling us to Dallas. Drove up at night, church was there, ready to help unload us. 18 windows busted out of the parsonage. One of the bathroom doors had a hole in it that a German shepherd could crawl through. When you sat on the commode in the hall bath, you felt like you were sitting in a rocking chair and you might go to sleep. Look down and you could see through the holes of the, of the flooring the, <clears throat> the dirt underneath. One of the boys walked up to Linda and she knew that somewhat discouraged in the I think it was Lehman or Sean one said, Mama, when you get it fixed up, it'll be okay. In 2005, Hurricane Rita came through Louisiana, put a tree on our retirement home, rental property at that time. 
And before we could get down there to take care of, in fact, we were going to leave on a Friday, no, uh, on a Monday to put up the power pole. On the previous Friday, we got a phone call from Linda's sister saying we didn't have a home anymore, had been bulldozed down. Surely that could not be true. It was. From 2005 to 2011, foundation, nothing more. 2011, we were pastoring in Vivian, Louisiana. Lehman came, uh, Linda came to me one day and said, you know, I've been thinking about that whole, our home in Louisiana, our retirement home. I, I think that we need to rebuild. You know, we men sometimes don't have that intuition that our wives have. We don't like to, we don't like to admit it, but sometimes they have a little more intuition. I don't know why, but, you know, I wasn't too excited about it. We were pastoring. We had a place to live. We weren't, the more I thought about it, I said, you know, maybe we should. And so 2011, in January, February, we began to make plans to uh, rebuild that home, and, and we got all the preparation. In June, they began to build our retirement home. We didn't know that in May, we lived in an area where there's a large refinery. We didn't know that in May, the large refinery that was getting ready to expand had flown over all the properties they were going to buy in their expansion, over 200 and some homes. When they flew over, they said, there's so many houses in this subdivision and so on, and there's a concrete slab. We built our home, moved in in November, enjoyed Thanksgiving dinner with our family. Linda always at Christmas time likes to take around pieces of banana nut bread to our neighbors. So she went up to one of the neighbors and he said, uh, he said, uh, what do you think about uh, the chemical company buying us out? What? Yeah, they're going to buy all of us out. No, that can't, that can't be true. We got a letter from Sasso. We're buying you out. Here's what you're going to, we're going to give you for your property. Well, we had no choice. Didn't take the first offer, didn't take the second offer. Finally, they said, well, what will he take? We negotiated a price. In a few months, Lynn and I drove up to our home that we'd moved out of and watched the bulldozers come in, demolition uh, group, and watched them tear that house down again on the same foundation. But what did the Bible say? All things. We're together for our good. Not that all things are good, but they work together for our, and we couldn't see that. I don't have time to tell you this morning how, how that was a blessing in disguise. 
That was an answer to prayer that we never prayed. We had a more beautiful home, a larger home than we had lived in before. And one day, Linda was walking through our house, and I guess I wasn't there, and, and she was just praying, and she was saying, Lord, why? Why, Lord, have you given us this beautiful home to live in? What have we done? We don't deserve it, Lord. And she said, I heard it sound like almost an audible voice that said to her, no, you don't really deserve it, but you never gave up on me. I thought it was the other way around, that God gives up on us, but he said, no, you never gave up on me. I didn't understand that. I, I, I couldn't comprehend. Why would God say something like that? And I'm not relating to Job this morning. I'm only using it as, a, as an illustration. When Job was going through his grief, he lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost everything. He was out there in the scrap heap, uh, sitting on that, on that pile and his wife came up and began to curse him and say, why don't you just curse God and die? It's not worth living for God. Look what's happened to you. You know, Job's testimony said, I look for him on my right. I try to find him on my left. I can't find him anywhere. God's nowhere to be found. But he said, he knoweth the way that I take. In other words, Job was saying, no matter, Lord, what you spread across my pathway, I still have faith. I believe in you. He said, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I'm saying that to say this this morning, that all things that come to us are not good. And you may never see the reason or the purpose of what has happened until maybe months or years down the road. I remember many things that come into our life. And we said, Lord, why? We don't understand. Maybe a few years later, we look back. If we had not gone through what he allowed us to go through, we would have never been able to help someone else that was going through that dark valley that they needed help in at that particular time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You really believe that this morning? Do you really believe that God is at work in every detail of your life? He orders our steps. He directs our steps. He's able to change our circumstances. He's able to work all things out for our good and for his glory. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Derek, if you'd like to come at this time, we're going to prepare to sing our closing song. What a mighty God we serve. These seven little words, I believe, are packed with a powerful promise. Remember them. Believe them. But most of all, 
live them. You may be surprised at what happens in your life. Your dreams may not all come true. Your problems won't always necessarily disappear. But God has something better for you in the end. Philip Brooks, a great American preacher of another day, explained it this way. Do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger people. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your task. Then the doing of your work may be no miracle, but you shall be a miracle. Every day you shall wonder at yourself the richness of the life that has come to you by the grace of God. Say this with me this morning. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Our Father, go with us and keep your hand upon us. May your blessings rest upon each one of us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.